Welcome to God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained, where you get insight surrounding God, the Bible, and spiritual things that you may or may not have heard before. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, God's Child. Today, we'll be answering the question, can children be possessed by demons? Kids will be kids and will be mischievous. They'll get into things, they'll break stuff, they'll break rules, they may say some bad things. They may even fight and do some other crazy, unacceptable things. However, could there be more to some kids' bad behavior than just kids being kids, especially when they've gotten out of hand or have been doing some really dangerous, even sinister stuff? Can demons be behind some kids' behavior? If demons will mess with adults, why won't they mess with kids? We see all the evil going on in the world, and much of the evil done by adults to children is because these adults are operating under the control or influence of demons, whether knowingly or unknowingly. The same goes for children, who are even more vulnerable because they're so young and unaware of so many things which are only learned over time by teaching, observation, and experience. While we're born with some natural sensing of right and wrong of some simple things, there are things that may not be so clear and can actually be downright confusing for kids, especially when they're introduced to or experience things not meant for them to as children. The thing is that those things may be seen as kids being kids can usually be easily addressed and dealt with naturally with good discipline and other common tools and strategies. However, those more sinister and dangerous behaviors may need more than these to get rid of them. Unfortunately, most of us are completely ignorant to this, even those who identify as Christians or followers of Jesus Christ. Being both a believer of God and Christ Jesus with education and background in psychology, I've come to a couple conclusions. The first, many who say they're believers too, either haven't actually read the Bible, so are unaware of demonic possession, or they simply choose not to believe it's true. Heck, some of them even don't believe Jesus when you get down to it, but that's a whole nother discussion, which by the way, if you have a question about salvation, check out the episode, What Must We Really Do to Be Saved? Now, my second conclusion is Satan, which the word of God or the Bible tells us is the God of this world in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, has blinded us to the reality of demon possession because he's sneaky like that and doesn't want us to find out about his dirty tactics, which he and his minions, a.k.a. the demons, are doing to wreck and ravage us in the event we find out and do something about it to stop them. As a result, this has led us to explain away with our own so-called logical reasoning and imagination that causes us certain behavior and phenomena, causing us to deal with the individual solely in their physical form, which will be unsuccessful as a permanent solution to the problem if a demon is the source of it, because it allows the demon causing the behavior to remain. If the demon remains and is not cast out, the behavior will remain and our solutions or treatment will have to constantly be applied because they're temporary, never fully getting rid of the behavior. However, with casting out of demons, the behavior caused by it will go with it too, which cures them, the person who was possessed from that. And of course, Satan wants to keep us blind to this because he wants to continue wreaking as much havoc as possible, stealing, killing, and destroying. 
Oh, and just in case you're wondering if demon possession, whether of children or not, is really real, according to the Bible, it is. It's packed with examples, and here's one. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. When the even was come, they brought to him, him is Jesus, many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Keep in mind, though, that that's just one example. And you can find others just by doing a simple search. Now let's take a look at two specific stories in the Bible involving actual demonic possession of children. First, we'll go to Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 18, which reads, When they came to the crowd, a man came to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers terribly. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't cure him. Jesus answered and said, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked him and the demon came out of him and the boy was healed at once. Notice it says the boy. So it's letting you know here that this was a child that was possessed by a demon. And for the next scripture, let's go to Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 30. It reads, Now Jesus got up and went from there to the region of Tyre. And when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know about it, and yet he couldn't escape notice. But after hearing about him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spear immediately came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician descent. And she repeatedly asked him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he was saying to her, let the children be satisfied first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. And he said to her, because of this answer, go, demon has gone out of your daughter. And after going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. So here it says her little daughter and refers to her as a child. So again, it's letting you know that a demon had possessed a child. Now I know some of you may say, or some others, well, that was during Bible times. That doesn't happen anymore. Well, just to let you know, there are actual stories out there of people in more recent times who've had actual experiences with demonic possession. Now, a lot of times people may actually ascribe what is demon possession to paranormal activity, ghosts, or otherworldly explanations or reasoning. However, I've personally experienced and observed behavior in kids that I believe and know was a result of actual demonic possession. So, you know what? Let me share a few of those stories with you. As I mentioned earlier, I do have education and background in psychology. So I worked in the mental health field. Now, while working at this one mental health institution, a whole lot of crazy stuff happened, not only among the clients, but among the staff as well. And I'm going to share a couple of those things with you. Now, one particular instance happened when I was working on the children's unit. 
And I remember there was this little redhead girl. I mean, when I when I say little, I mean little. <laughs> and she used to do a lot of bad stuff. But I remember this one night, there was a staff member who was in her room. She was assigned to her one-to-one. So she was actually inside of the room. Now, remember I said it's nighttime, so they're actually supposed to be asleep. Well, the lady who is twice my size comes running out the room, screaming and yelling, ah, 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 ain't going back in there. Her eyes are glowing red. Her eyes are red. Now, me and another staff member go inside. Again, the lights are off in the room because it's nighttime. However, the light is on in the hallway. So when we went inside, I looked at her. And the girl's eyes did appear to be glowing red. However, I attributed it to the fact that she's redheaded. So I assume that perhaps they have some red pigmentation. Some of them, some of them could, maybe not all, I don't know. They could have some red pigmentation behind their eyes because it wasn't just the white part of her eyes. It was the actual pupil. You know, the part that has the color, that's the part that looked like it was glowing red. And I assume that the way that the light from the hallway was entering her room, that perhaps it hit whatever pigmentation, red pigmentation she has behind her eyes. Because her eyes themselves, her the pupil of her eyes were green, not red. However, again, like I said, I figure maybe there's some red pigmentation behind her eyes that the light is reflecting off of that's making it appear as if her eyes are glowing red. That's what I, you know, attributed it to. But I don't know. Somebody else may beg to differ. But however, just like the lady said, it appeared that her eyes were glowing red. And it didn't help the fact that the girl is just standing on the bed with her arms stretched out like a zombie going, Ugh. but you know what? <laughs> Me and the other staff member were unfazed by her. <laughs> and so when I went in, it's just like, I, I was like, you better sit your butt down. <laughs> Get sit your sit your tail down somewhere, and just like authority should be, she sat her tail down somewhere. Now I'm thinking that perhaps because she knew the lady was afraid already, that she just took it to the next level, anted up, and that's why she was standing on the bed with her arms stretched out, going. <laughs> like come on this is just a little girl all right so you know what i believe that she may have been possessed by a demon okay that was causing her to act like that and of course in true demon fashion they want to amp things up <laughs> take it to the next level and remember i told you this other staff member was like twice my size okay but she's running out of there like is for her dear life and like i'm not going back in there because oh, girl eyes were going red but again like she did stand up on the bed stretch her arms out going Ugh. but again like in true fashion when you have authority like jesus did when you say come out or go or to do something she did what she was told sit your tail down somewhere and what did she do she got a tail down and got in that bed as she's supposed to be because it's nighttime <laughs> um but again like i said sometimes this little girl would do like bad things 
um pick up others behavior things like that and again that could be because of the demons going from you know one to the other however again like i told you some crazy stuff will happen here and again thinking about it even if she did have that red pigmentation like behind her eyes <laughs> even though people look at me when i explain it that way mm, yeah that could have been demonically um caused right right there but anyway, let's go to another example. So I also worked on uh, the teen side in that particular facility because they had a children's side, they had a teen side, they had an adult side. And when I was on the teen side, um, most of the clients over there had been sexually abused. And I remember there was one client, just as sweet as she can be. She never got violent towards anyone else. She would basically get violent towards herself because, again, like I said, these clients were sexually abused. And a lot of them would actually resort to, like, self-harm um, to try to get their mind off of you know, those memories that they would have of what happened to them. And this particular client, like I said, was very sweet. And she knew um, some things about God. And she knew that I was Christian. And like, I would bring things because sometimes you're just sitting there, you know, um, again, like you're supposed to be there to kind of be like a guardian over um, the clients to make sure that they're safe and everything is taken care of, make sure the routines are followed and stuff. And so I was assigned to her. And a lot of times when I would be assigned to her, she feels safe to talk to me about different things. And again, they want to keep their minds off of like what happened to them. And uh, she want me to read uh, some of the uh, literature that I had with me, which was usually um, Christian based literature. And sometimes she want me to read scripture. But I remember this one other client who also had been sexually abused. And again, like when I mentioned before, like the other staff member was twice my size. Almost everybody was bigger than me <laughs> there, especially when I was on a teen unit. Even the clients were bigger than me. And this particular um, other client, not the one that I'm talking about that wanted me to read to her, but there was another one. She was a big girl. Okay. She was way bigger than me. But anyway, again, like I said, she had been sexual abused as well and had some other issues that were going on physically and some, some other things as well. But she would always seem to get agitated by the fact that I was with this other client and especially when I will be reading to her. So I remember like this one particular day, me and the other client were in um, a room, kind of like the um, activity room, and I was reading to her. And uh, again, like this reading is something that she would want me to do to her. It wasn't like something I would just put on her. She would ask me if I would um, read, read to her because it relaxed her. Um, it, I think, gave her some type of rest. Well, this other client, she, again, always seemed to be agitated. And this particular day when I was in the room with the other client reading to her, she just came up in there, okay, by herself. Now, she had someone that was assigned to her, but that person didn't come, like, with her when she came in, you know, into the room with us. And so while we were in the room and I was reading to the other client, when I got up to leave the room, this other client, the one that always seemed to be agitated, who just came up in there, you know, with me and the other client, as I was going towards the door, she purposely just out of nowhere stuck her leg out like real fast in front of me to like trip me up. And I can't remember if I actually fell or not, or it just kind of like tripped me a little bit and I caught myself. But anyway, again, she did this 
which seemed, you know, to be on purpose because she came in there with me and the other client. Like I said, she will always seem to like be agitated by 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 us and especially when I would read. So she purposely came in there and then um I guess her agitation led her to stick that leg out out of nowhere. And thought it was funny. <laughs> thought 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 it was funny. Um but again I think that was because this particular client was demon possessed. I mean the particular behavior that this client would um you know would have I don't think any other way you can describe this besides demon-possessed for this particular client. And so, like I said, she was always bothered by the fact that I would be with this client, and especially when we would be reading um, literature related to the Word of God. And, you know, demons don't like that. They agitated by that kind of stuff. Um, so that's just another example. But um, here's another instance with this same client who seemed to be agitated by the reading of the word. And I remember um, I was assigned to this client and they wanted me to escort this client to another um, part of the facility. And I had to do it like by myself. And as I was escorting them, there's no one in the hallway, you know, because uh, I had to leave that particular unit to go to another um, area. No one is in the hallway with us, but they had cameras, though. OK, so uh, while I'm escorting this client, this client out of nowhere just attacks me, like goes to hit me. And I can't remember if she actually did hit me in the head or or not. Um but anyway, immediately after the client did this, like she like fell onto the floor, like kind of threw herself on the floor <laughs> pretty much and kind of like got into, I think, like fetal position or something like that. Like she was extremely scared or afraid of me, like screaming or whatever. And um, I remember I told you they have um, cameras. So other um staff came to like assist and so they're all over there with her like holding her and she's like acting all afraid of me as if you know I had done something was gonna do something to her and they're looking like okay what in the world but again I believe that was because this particular client was demon possessed and had done that particular behavior um you know, as a result of being demon possessed and that fear came because demons know true authority. So it wasn't so much as the client themselves, because you don't necessarily look at the physical form or the host that those particular demons uh, inhabit because it's the demons that are motivating that particular behavior. So again, that immediate fear, because those demons know what, what the deal is. They know true authority, and they don't want to act it out on them, okay? So, uh, again, that was just another example where I believe, you know, demon possession was involved. And even though she, um, you know, was a teenager, still a child. So those are just a few experiences when I was working in a mental institution. Now, while I was studying to be a psychologist, I had a practicum at a middle school, and I remember uh, one of the clients there, um, again, a teenager, 
he had a lot of troubles that were going on and his living environment was not the best okay yeah not not the best especially after talking to like the the parent who yeah just seemed to be a little bit oblivious to their own you know attribution possibly to this child's behavior but anyway i remember in one of our sessions this uh particular client uh would talk about uh card reading um being psychic he even mentioned like um having uh, conversations with uh this witch and everything in a field and um i remember in this particular um session that we had i can't remember which kind of cards they were pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh, whichever one but anyway it's that the characters have powers and levels and stuff like that and so he's telling me he's like um i can tell i can tell your future i i, I know your future so he's going to use these cards and i'm just kind of like I, I didn't consent to this so he just goes ahead and decides he's going to tell me um some you know some stuff about me and some of the things that he said had to do with the past all right so he remember i told you he using Yu-Gi-Oh or pokemon cards i can't remember which one one it was it might have been Yu-Gi-Oh. um but anyway he starts telling me some stuff and then he actually started mentioning some stuff from uh that was part 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 true okay from 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 when i was younger and i'm like how will he know because he a child <laughs> how, how how will he know these particular these particular things and so i just attribute that to demonic possession because you know demons they just been around they just roaming and walking around like they father satan <laughs> you know like it says walking around you know everywhere so they've seen a lot they know, you know, quite a bit that they've been able to observe. And so that's what I attributed to. Not them doggone Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon cards that he was using. Um, and that witch that he was talking to was probably a demon or could have been a witch. Of course, if it was a witch, she was possessed by a demon herself. All right. But again, like, he is telling me stuff that was actually partly true and i'm like how did he know this because it even kind of surprised surprised me but again like i said i believe this young man was demon possessed uh, of course like we're you know in a session he needs a therapist and i'm his therapist and even though they got issues or whatever going on they're just certain things he ain't gonna be able to tell you this particular this particular stuff from your past because of a mental illness or anything like that no no it was some other stuff going on like i said a lot of times we may attribute what is actually demonic possession to things that we would um think about logically or give some other reasoning for for something but nah ain't no mental illness <laughs> giving you the ability to tell what happened in my past as a youngster all right but anyway
again, like I said, I believe this was an example of demonic possession. That's how he was able to tell me these particular things. And I'm like, how? How will he know this? Now, I also worked in the school setting as an educator, particularly in special education and with students who had emotional and behavioral issues. And yeah, a lot of stuff happened. Like I said, emotional and behavioral issues, a lot of stuff was going on. But a lot of things, I think, also had to do with demonic possession. I mean, I witnessed a lot of instances in which uh, students, and this is like elementary, <laughs> elementary like level here so some of the kids yeah were kind of big but most of them were like average size and some of them were even smaller but I, I witnessed several instances lots of instances in which uh, some of those students would appear to have superhuman strength now with adults people may think like oh well it could be possible that they could be that strong but when you are dealing with children of average size exclude like i said excluding the ones who were like pretty big for their age but the ones who are just average size and even some of them smaller than what they should be for their age or what you think they should be for their age when those children those ones give three or more adults that ain't no punks or big the rock looking men around for their money <laughs> i don't care if they own drugs whether they prescribe or not being the size that they are you gotta know something ain't right and again these children are not using that strength to throw that basketball or something like that using you know superhuman strength no i'm talking about fighting violent type um behavior where adults themselves multiple adults could not handle these these students uh hold you know hold hold them down because they were so you know hold them down to protect themselves and to protect others not you know <laughs> try to fight them or anything but trying to keep things safe where they had difficulty a challenge even holding these particular um students so when it came you know when it came to that I don't think it was just those students. I don't think it had to do with medication or anything. I think it had to do with demonic possession. Because when you look at the examples in the Bible, like when it talks about Legion, um, even though Legion was in a full grown man, it said that no one could subdue him. Okay, and then think about the man who brought his son, you know, to Jesus. And he said that often he would throw himself into the water and into the fire and stuff he was demon possessed so i think a lot of these kids sometimes they didn't know what it was they didn't know how you know it, it would happen you know to them but i believe that they were demonically possessed which caused them to appear to have that superhuman strength that they had where not even a full-grown adult some of them like i said big to rot looking men had you know a a, a, a difficult time trying to you know, control them, trying to hold them, trying to um, physically subdue them to keep them safe and to keep others safe. Now, if you know the story of the man possessed by Legion in the Bible who came to Jesus and Legion was like, please send us into the pigs. And Jesus said, OK, 
go and the demons left the man and went into the pigs we witnessed demons going from one host to another host in this case it went to multiple hosts because there was like two thousand pigs out there and it was enough of them demons to go into all two thousand of the pigs well in this particular instance i believe i witnessed a demon or it could have been multiple demons going from one student to another student so i had this one student who generally acted up and had some issues and things that were going on and i definitely knew that demonic possession was something that um he was he was dealing with now on the other hand i had this other student who was actually new to the school had been there for like several weeks though but this particular student had done not a thing i tell you not a thing not even one untoward word he was always like yes ma'am no ma'am always dressed neatly and everything did did everything he was supposed to do on this particular day the other student I was telling you about who did have some issues, he decided to act up at the end of the day. He was acting a plum fool, a plum butt, getting like physically, you know, um, unsafe and everything. And so we eventually had to take this particular student out of the classroom. Well, we got him out of the classroom into like a safe place and he was calmed down and everything. Went back to the classroom. Remember the student I told you who had been there for several weeks, hadn't even said one untoward word and did everything he was supposed to. This student was acting the exact same way that the other student had been acting. The student who was now calm, who we took out of the class. Now this other student who hadn't done a thing up until then was showing the exact same behavior that the other student was doing and at that moment that's when i said to myself and it seemed like to me that this is what it is for demons to jump from one host to another so again i think that had to do with demonic possession because like i said this particular student had done up until then but be respectful and now for him to be showing the exact same outrageous behavior i mean when i say exact i mean exact same behavior that the other student was showing the other student who was now calm so i believe that the other student was calm but that demon or demons had left him and got into this other student that caused him to be acting the way that he was Oh, and let me tell you about this other time when I was talking to one of my partners um, that I worked with when I was um, at the school and we were having a conversation. Um, I don't even think it had anything to do with like religion. Um, I can't remember quite what it was. But anyway, as we we're talking, my partner just, I guess, like caught a whiff of what the students were talking about in the classroom. Now, the the students in no way shape or form were trying to get our attention or anything like this because people might think that oh they're trying to scare you or something like this they ain't pay us no mind as a matter of fact they didn't even know that we were listening to them but anyway like i said me and my partner were having a conversation and my partner overheard them and was like Shh, wait wait a minute listen listen and so we stopped our conversation and were listening to the students who were unaware that we were listening to them and these students who were from 
different backgrounds, uh, some of them different ethnicities, um, of course, some different ages, all in the, you know, the same classroom, though. Uh, but again, different backgrounds, different um, ways that they were raised, different things that happened to them. All these students were together talking about demons, and they were talking about how they had seen them and describing them. Some of them were saying, like, I done seen them, and they ugly, and describing their face and all this, which was, like, totally like distorted how they how they were saying it from the words that they were using to describe how they looked and like some of them were like truly terrified it's like I don't want to see them no more and I don't want to see them they was talking about their own experiences with demons so these being children having this discussion together being like I said of different backgrounds different things happening to them different ethnicities all you know all these differences but they're all able to talk about demons together talking about their actual experiences with them so I don't know how one could not think that you know demons are not real sure they had to have probably heard the word demon from somewhere or read about it or had someone you know to tell them about it for them to know about it or whether they seen you know movies or something like that but the fact that they're each talking about this and their experiences with them again not trying to like it wasn't even around halloween time or nothing Okay, they weren't trying to get our attention and try to scare us. They were talking to each other, having a full blown conversation, just like me and my partner were having like a mature conversation with each other. So I'm just telling you, demons are real. And just let me tell you, I've not always been where I am now, according to my level of faith and my knowledge about um about the things of God, about the truth. And uh, when I was an educator at that particular, you know, school and at that time, I was definitely experiencing growth. I was learning so much from being in that particular environment, from going from having read about things in the Bible to actually um experiencing more and it not only had to do with that particular school but the place where I was um I was right where I was supposed to be where I believe God wanted me to be so I was evolving in you know who I was in my identity and again learning about the things of God and the kingdom of God and even though I had read the Bible you know through um, I know at least once, probably maybe more than once, you know, um, at, at that time, which I know I've read more than once, you know, now probably like four or five times, <laughs> you know, reading the Bible through. Um, but, um, some of the things that I have read about, you know, in the Bible, some of those things had started, I had been, not that they were coming to life, but I was actually able to see those things. And so, like I was saying, um, when it came to demons and angels, yeah, we read about them, but a lot of people may not even believe that they exist, but I was beginning to see things, 
um, as they were, as the Bible talks about them. And I remember, um, again, like I said, I was I was growing in my faith. I was growing in my identity of who I was in Christ and the things that the Bible tells us that we'll have as believers in Christ or that we'll be able to do. Um, and again, just seeing those things played out in the world around me. And I remember going through that part where it say the disciples, God, you know, God told them was like, you can cast out demons, you can cast out devils. And I remember this one time, cause I, again, like I told you, I knew that demonic possession, um, was like something that was actually, um, a part of what was going on with some of these, some of these students. And even when I worked with my clients, um, in the mental health field, and I remember I was like, you know what, casting these things out and say you cast them out. And in, in the name of Jesus, that's what Jesus said. He said, in my name, you shall cast out devils. OK. And I remember I went in this particular day because like I told you, I knew that demons had involvement with these kids. And coming from, you know, hearing that conversation that kids were having, they knew that demons were real. And this one particular day, one of the students who I had had for, you know, for a while was acting up. And um, a, a lot of times they would escalate to where they may get physical. And of course, when they get physical, that's unsafe. You supposed to remove them from the classroom or whatever, if that's the safest thing to do. And so we were removing him um, from the area that he was in. It was me and three other adults again. Like I said, most of the time, people are bigger than me. And so all three adults were bigger than me, as well as older than me. And um, I remember when we were taking, me and the kid were probably about the same height. If not, he was maybe taller than me. And I believe he probably weighed more than me <laughs> as well. But when we were taking a student out, like I told you, sometimes they have that superhuman strength. And he was, you know, opposing us. It wasn't he was like, yeah, yeah, take me on out because he didn't want to go. So um, there was a man among us. And then the rest of us were women. So remember, I told you there were um, three other adults. So um, one was a man. Um, and the two others are women, but they're all bigger than me. And so we're taking the kid out. And we, again, like I told you, when they get that superhuman strength, it's difficult to, like, kind of, you know, uh, control them, maneuver them. But we had to get him out of the classroom, got him out into the hallway. And we couldn't take him to, like, one of the, the safe rooms because I think, I, I don't remember if the rooms were filled or if he was just doing too much where we can take him. I just remember he was still physically um a, a, a threat like a, a a hazard and so we ended up having to take him down you know to the ground well when we took him down to the ground of course we're not trying to injure nobody but took him down to the ground each of us had one of his limbs right so i was actually on one of his arms um there was a lady on one arm and then another lady on one of his legs. And then uh, behind me was the male staff who was on one of his legs. Now, remember I told you, most everybody was bigger than me. Each one of them were putting their, just about their full body weight on the limb that they were holding. Now, remember I told you there was a man there. Okay. And these people were uh, bigger than me. 
So they were, cause he, again, he wasn't trying to be like a little rag doll in the, he was fighting. All right. Superhuman strength here. So they're putting full body weight on like each of the limbs that is, that's being held. And each person had one. Okay. They put full body weight. I think I even remember somebody with a knee in the back, in his back. Okay. Me, I'm holding one of his arms, but I'm barely even holding his arm. I got my fingers kind of like over his arm, like intent fashion, where again, like I said, I'm barely holding his arm. I'm barely even touching his arm. I My f- fingers are just touching the ground and they're just over his arm. I'm not applying any pressure just i told you my fingertips are touching the ground i'm barely touching his arm but the other people are pressing full body weight into the limbs that they had and somebody had a knee in the back and i remember remember i told you i went in saying oh um, i have the authority to cast out demons and so while i was there during the whole time i knew that this had to do with demonic possession that this wasn't him doing all of this and so i didn't say a word during the whole the whole ordeal i was quiet i didn't say i don't want moving my lips or nothing but on the inside baby I was praying, and then I was telling that demon, you come out in the name of Jesus. I was addressing and telling the demon to come out in the name of Jesus. I just kept repeating that over and over again, silently on the inside. And here's the thing. When I told you these things, no true authority. That's why when Jesus stepped out of the boat, the man with Legion ran up to him and they was like, we know who you are. And then they started saying, send us into the pigs. Well, they said some other stuff too. But Jesus hadn't even really said nothing. He just stepped foot and they knew who he was and ran up to him. Okay, he just stepped foot onto the shore. And they ran up. They know, they know who true authority is. They know true authority. They know it. And so as I'm speaking silently, the others were, of course, talking to him. You know, I'm saying things to him, trying to get him to calm down. I'm just praying silently. And I'm telling, telling the demon, come out in the name of Jesus. Guess what happens? Remember, I told you I'm barely touching his arm. All of them, he just started screaming, ah, ah, you're hurting me, you're hurting me, you're hurting me. And then all of a sudden, the head switch over and turn abruptly facing me, my, my direction, as if I'm the one that's hurting him. Ah, you're hurting me, you're hurting me. So the other adults that are there, and they know that they're applying, pr- they know what they're doing. They know they're applying pressure to his limbs. They know somebody got a knee. Knee his back, but he turned into me, and they see that I'm barely holding him, and they all looking confused, like, What in the world? Because the head on did that Linda Blair turned over to be, Ah, you're hurting me, you're hurting me. I still didn't say a word, I just continued to pray and say, Come out in Jesus' name, silently on the inside. And so what happened was the demon, because like I told you, I knew demonic possession was going on here. The demon 
was talking to me, was responding to what I was saying, but he wasn't really talking to me. He talked to the spirit in me. It's the spirit of Yeshua, Hamashiach. He said, Jesus said, in my name, you'll cast them out. And so as I'm saying, you come out, the demon started saying after a while, ah, you heard me, you heard me. After it wasn't getting any response from that, ah, and the screaming and you're hurting me you're hurting me and all this again like i told you head turned directly to me as if i'm the one that's hurting him but i'm barely touching him and so the demon starts saying okay 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 i didn't pay that no mind just continue to say it in the name of jesus come out silently not out loud and that's what the demon was responding to. Saying, okay, okay, okay. Now, I tried to trick me at first. <laughs> try to pretend he was saying, okay, okay. And then he got kind of quiet. But then started acting up again. And then I kept on saying it like I told you. Come out, come out, come out. Because you had to do that sometimes. And as I kept saying it, finally, it finally left him. Want to know how 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 I know it left him. He was gone because he came back and was like, okay, 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 okay. He totally, totally went out, totally like passed out, blanked out as if he was just like knocked out, like on the floor when he was totally limp and everything. And they was just looking like, what in the world is going on? I still didn't say nothing. But that's when I learned then this thing is real. This thing is true. It said you shall be able to cast them out. In Yeshua Hamashiach's name, you'll be able to do that to these demons. And I recognized then, I realized then, oh, this thing is real. This is real. These things is real. But we got authority. This authority thing is real right here. And I'm going to use this authority. I understand the authority. Like I said, I was growing in my knowledge. I was growing in my faith and even though this was a difficult environment these things i was coming into i was seeing things played out and actually seeing what god's truth what the word says is and able to see that and to begin to operate in these levels that jesus said we should be able we we will be able to do he said you you'll do these things and one of them is cast them out and that's what i did that day and oh child i learned while i was at this school like i told you i evolved like so much when it came to my spiritual life and the things of god and things that i had read about in the bible and i was realizing this stuff is so real and seeing it actually happen before my eyes and all that and again like i said it wasn't just a particular school but you know me moving to where i was the location and everything is where god wanted me to be because there was so much he wanted me to learn even from the the church uh or congregation that i was a part of as as well at that time and that's a whole nother story but i'll probably tell y'all about that in another episode because that need to be told well i i learned like for me to be able to um to be able to do what i needed to at that school that i definitely 
need to pray every single day. Not that I wasn't praying every single day before, but I would go hard in this prayer. Sometimes just for me to be able to get up, to get ready to go there because there was so much going on there. Like I said, I believe in uh, demonic possession because the Bible talks about it. And I believe that there was so many demons that was up in that place by the mere fact that this particular place was for students who had emotional behavioral issues. And a lot of times, a lot of like evil stuff had happened to them. And you know, the people that was involved in the evil stuff that happened to them and that was surrounding them, that those people had to be possessed or influenced by demons or demonic powers so yeah all that was going on so i i my prayer life um evolved at that time as well so i would pray every single day and ask um holy spirit to be there and in, in you know so it you know in the hallway surrounding the place ask for god's angels to be you know um on the hallways and everywhere like assistance i can't tell you verbatim what i would pray but i would pray for that entire place you know the hall like i said the hallways um for the students for you know whatever i could think of that you know i know needed a prayer and sometimes i would even annoy it <laughs> i would even annoy the door the doorways the door the doorposts um and and my room and and stuff like that but yeah like i said um i realized that i really needed and i know it made such a big such a big difference um in in things and i noticed things that that was happening you know like how god told the israelites to put the blood on the doorpost and the death angel passed over them i was noticing things from that anointing and certain things that would happen and certain things that wouldn't happen because of it because of what was anointed and what you know what had been prayed so th there was this one particular student i got i happened to be like on training that particular week and so i wasn't there when he came but i remember them t uh, telling me that he was like 10 students wrapped up in one you know all the issues that he had going on and um the type of behavior that he had which meant pretty bad then if they said 10 and 1 because the students that we had mm -mm, maybe 10 of them put into one one student i already had like I, it was quite a few of my had in my class i i believe i was already at the limit um before before i got him but during that week that i was gone this child oh this child this child did the linda blair on him okay so this child spit bit and everything else and this is including to the men that was there like when i told y'all when they have that superhuman strength and it's even you know too strong for the rock <laughs> even the rock type built kind of men and stuff like that yeah the 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 men that was trying to handle him he he was very challenging very challenging for for them but um you know he acted a fool yeah that first week i wasn't there but then when i actually got there the next week he was in class with me it was almost like he was a little angel it's like he was responding to me like all nice like yeah I don't know if he said yes ma'am or not but he didn't you know he didn't say anything untoward to me and he was respectful now when he finally did kind of act 
up a little bit in class one time. I just told him to go outside. And I went out there to talk to him. And he was responding appropriately to me. Now, another staff who was about three times my size came up and was trying to get my attention. Oh, I need, I need to talk to you. And at first I was, you know, ignoring a little bit because I'm trying to make sure I get, you know, his attention to make sure that he understands what I'm trying to, you know, trying to say to him and then go and talk to them. But they just kept on. So I finally went, you know, to the side to um, listen to what they had to say. And they said, oh, don't don't stand so close to him because he he spits. And, you know, I think they also said that he bites. But I already knew that because they told me that they told me all the stuff that happened, you know, while I was gone. And I was like, OK. And so I, I went back and I, I really was close to him. I was close to him, but he didn't try to do nothing. Okay, so the strangest thing, the other strangest thing that would happen is that whenever he would start to act up, like in a class or whatever, he would generally like leave the classroom part where, where I was. He may go into the office. He may run outside of the classroom um, if it was possible. But either when he would be alone or another staff member would, would be there with him, it's like he may be threatening the other staff member. However... When I would step on the scene, and this would happen whether he was by himself or the other staff member was there. When I would step onto the scene, all of a sudden he would become fearful. His attention will always focus on me. He would be like, leave me alone now. Leave me alone. Go on, go on, go on, go on, um, stop. Don't, leave, leave me alone, miss. You know, leave me alone, miss. And, you know, he was he would say my name, of course. But, um... I would barely have even said anything something. I wouldn't even have even said something a lot of times and before he would start acting like this and then he would usually start shrinking back and cowering as if he was trying to find his trying to find a way out of the situation. And most of the staff are, you know, or were pretty big. You know, they most of them were bigger than me. And the fact that he would be threatening them before I stepped on the scene and they were afraid of him or what he could do. But when I would step on the scene, little old me, he it's like he was afraid of me. Almost like the client that I told you guys about when I was in um working in the mental institution and the client attacked me. And then acted all fearful, threw herself to the ground and was like almost like in the fetal position, like she's scared of me, like as if I, I did something to her or I was going to do something to her. This is how this particular student would become whenever I would step onto the scene, whether I said something or not. Usually when I would say something, it was just giving him directives of, you know, about what to do. Um, even this one time I remember, um, stepping into the office and my partner was in there, uh, with him and he had a chair over his head aimed at her as if he was going to throw it. And she was scared, you know, of him. And so when I walked in, he, like I told you, he turned his attention to me, still holding the chair over his head. I wasn't scared at all. I didn't even think nothing of that chair, but my partner who was scared. Now she, Hey, she was in the corner. She was in the corner, scared of him. 
trying to talk to him about putting the chair down or whatever. When I stepped in, her her attention turned to me like she was scared for me. Oh no 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 no, uh, Miss Miss So and So. No 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 no. Um, you know, uh, be careful, be careful. But you know what? When he turned to me with it, he still had the chair over his head, but it was in fear. Like he turned to me and was like, going on, going on, miss, going on, leave me, leave me alone, leave me alone. Like he was scared. And again, I was not scared at all. And what happened was this boy dropped a chair and hightailed it out the door, ran, ran out. So he didn't try to throw the chair. He didn't, he didn't try to throw it or anything. He just dropped it and ran out like he was in fear. Now, again, like I said, this was ha what happened, whether there was another staff there when I would come on the scene or if he was by himself. If he was by himself, then usually, again, he would start cowering or shrinking back, almost like trying to find his way out. Sometimes he would be on a wall, but he would try to go back as far as he could, like on that wall, and then, sh and then shrink up and still be talking about, leave me alone, leave me alone, miss. Stop, stop, stop. Leave me alone, miss. And he, like he was scared. And I remember this one time when he was like, on the ground in the office and he was shrinking back and he was like leave me alone leave me alone and it's almost like he was looking in my direction but he was looking at something greater than me and you know at the same time he was talking about I think something about Adam and Eve and an angel and a sword and whatever like this but this will always happen when I would come on and see and this happened for months he didn't do a thing to me or say anything untoward to me it's almost like he was always like in fear whenever I would step on the scene in certain situations whether he was by himself or another staff was there like with him and again the other staff were usually like a little bit weary of him a little bit afraid or whatever because of what they knew that he could he could do well I you know eventually later on I began to realize and understand what was happening it was the authority, hallelujah, the authority that I was operating in that he was responding to and that greater than me was like Jesus said, you do the same thing that I did and greater. And he said, in my name, you shall cast them out. And you remember when Jesus would step on the scene that whatever he said, them demons had to do. If he stepped and he said, shut up, well, he necessarily say shut up like verbatim, but he said, be quiet. Don't say nothing. When they was like, we know who you are, they were quiet. See, he didn't always cast them out, okay, in every situation. You know, sometimes, because they were everywhere. Demons, these, these things be everywhere, okay. People just don't realize that, don't have the ability to discern that they're there. But just about everywhere Jesus went, it was some demons. <laughs> demons there. And there were times they would speak up through the, you know, through the people. Like, we know who you are. He's like, shh, quiet. He ain't cast them out. He just told them, shut up. Okay? So he walk around all the time just casting demons out because it wasn't always his mission. If he, if, if he did that for every demon it was, he wouldn't get to the things that he needed to do. So he didn't always walk around just casting them out all the time because these things is everywhere, okay? He knew when it was needed to be done or when someone asked for it to be done. Other times he told them what to do. Shut up. <laughs> okay. So 
they recognize and they know authority just like when he was in the boat with the disciples and they said he stepped onto the shore before he could hardly say anything legion had to run up to him through the man saying we know who you are have you come to torment us before the time and you know they knew who he was because they recognize authority so that's what it was with this particular student that's how it was with that um the client who was in the mental institution they understand and they know authority so when i would step onto the scene whether he was by himself or with another staff member the reason why he hadn't done anything untoward to me or acted out because he he could see and he understood the authority that was there not just him but the demons that was in him and when i told you that time when it looked like he was looking at me but he was looking at something greater than me he was talking about the angel um and the garden and the sword and all this kind of stuff i believe he was seeing an angel because remember i would pray i would pray every day about the covering of the place where i was the hallways for the holy spirit you know um to to be there and moving and his angels to be standing guard i pray for the entire place on the inside the hallways all of that throughout the building all of that sometimes i will anoint different things and anoint the doorposts anoint you know the desk and and all that sometimes i would do that not not all the time but sometimes and i would notice the difference well like i was saying this particular student didn't do a thing to me it was months months he hadn't done anything but he had to spit on he had to bit other staff members including me had to done stuff to them and it was too much for them to handle but never tried to do nothing to little old me until this one particular day and it wasn't even during the regular school hours it was after school hours and they didn't have him to get on a bus for some for some particular reason his mom had to come and pick him up and um i remember i was still at the school because i would stay after um after the time sometimes for different reasons and this particular time i had to go some go somewhere so i was like instead of me going back home let me just go ahead and stay here because i got stuff to do and then i can work on like something else because it would make sense for me to go home and then have to leave back out to go to this place so um i was still there so the mom had um apparently arrived and all i know is i heard her in the hallway you know um calling after him for him to come so apparently he had her running then i saw her and i think he came ran into the room um our classroom she ain't had no shoes on and she you know running after him so he comes into the room and so i was like well let me help let me help so i got up to go and help them and everything because i was like he don't need to have her running around like this well i told you this is that for hours and done nothing to me up until this day okay now i went to go help he eventually ran to the front and um the administrator um the head administrator was up there and then um one of the administrators under them and then there was another teacher or whatever and so they're trying to get him to go out to you know get into um the vehicle with with his mom 
and he's acting a fool. And then so they were like, okay, decided to get a little physical to physically carry him, you know, out there, which he was resistant to. So I decided I'm going to help. So I got one side. One of the administrators got another side. Then the teacher was there to um, help too. Was like I think she was in front of us or something. And so as we are going out the door, so we're inside still. You hadn't done anything. As soon as we cross over that threshold of the door into it was like like a foyer, foyer area leading out of the um, the building. As soon as we cross that line. He did a little blare that head abruptly turned to my direction. I don't know if you remember when I told you about that other student before, when we had to take him down to the ground and it was like three people that was, you know, you know, on his other limbs while I had one limb, his arm, and I was barely, you know, touching him. And all of a sudden he's screaming as if I'm hurting him, turned his head, ah, to my, ah you're hurting me, you're hurting me. And I was like, what's going on? remember I told you his head abruptly turned to me okay the one that I cast a demon out of well this particular student like I said when we stepped over as soon as we stepped over that threshold remember for months had not done anything to me or said anything untoward to me but acted in fear when we stepped over that threshold that head did a Linda Blair turn to my side then all of a sudden he spit in my face i don't know where that spit came from but that spit had to have been hawked up i don't know if you know what hawk mean but that's when they make that sound <laughs> that deep sound where they getting that mucus that cold out of their lungs and hawking it that's what we call it hawking up <laughs> okay hawking up cold so he didn't do that though you didn't hear no sound you hear no sound on no hawking up no cold. You you didn't hear nothing. There was no sound that he was trying to get extra spit up. But he turned that head and this huge glob of slimy spit came out of his mouth and just shot straight directly to my face. Hit me in my eye. Okay was my let me see my right my my, my left eye <laughs> like left eye okay hit me straight in my left eye it was so much of this stuff so much of it that it dripped down my face onto my blouse okay so much of it is still in a drip from my blouse to my knee down to my foot it was just that much, just that much, just that juicy and wet of a spit. And it was wet. He, it was wet, okay. It slid on down. And both the administrator and the teacher looked at me, and they looked as if they were scared. Like they know what's going to happen as if they was in my position. They know what they would have did. And it would have been something not so nice to him, not protective. Okay, but me, what they didn't know was it didn't phase me. I was all right. I was still okay. I was still able to react. But because of what they thought, you know, they were like, oh, 
it's okay, we we got it. So they were telling me to go inside, you know, go to go to the bathroom, take care of myself. But here's what happened. Again, immediately after he did this, again, he stopped resisting and he became immediately frightful, immediately scared as if what's about to happen. He was expecting something to happen. And it was just like declining in the mental institution. Uh, what happened, as, as I told you before, when they became frightened and how he used to be frightened, you know, before when I would step on the scene, he was expecting something to happen, but he totally stopped that resistance at as soon as he did that and looked as if he was terrified of what was going to happen. And... And again, like I said, I was not scared in that moment, and I was unperturbed because, hey, I told you I worked in a mental institution, so actually that wasn't the first time I had ever been spit on. <laughs> okay, um, so again, yeah, didn't phase me. But when I thought about it, I was like, oh my goodness, okay, I'm trying to help during my off hours. School is over, nothing had happened for months until now. Now something didn't happen. What I realized was when I remember when I told you all that I used to pray for the place, like before I would go in go into work, pray that because angels were there, like standing standing guard and everything, praying for the hallways, his Holy Spirit to, you know, to to be there, to be moving and all of that, and praying for calmness and all all, all of those things. Well, what I realized was I prayed for the inside of the place. I didn't include the outside of it. So that particular day that it happened, it didn't happen until we stepped over that threshold into the foyer. So that was pretty much like we was on the outside of the place. So it's like the prayer that I prayed was for the inside. Demons knew, oh, we going to the outside now. That's why when I told you, up until we stepped our foot over that threshold into the foyer, he didn't try to do nothing. But it wasn't until we stepped over that threshold, got completely over that threshold into the foyer, that he had spent around like Belinda Blair, and that spit came out. That's, and, and that spit, like I was telling you, usually it takes a hawk for that much spit to come, come out. And there was no hawk or nothing like that. <sighs> That was nothing but de- de- demonic there. Demonic there for all that spit to be able to come out like it did. That amount of spit that came out from him with no doggone hawk. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That ain't, that ain't natural. No, that was demonic right there. That was that Linda Blast stuff going on <laughs> right there. So I knew that. I knew that. That that was definitely demonic. And that what was going on with him. But I tell you one thing. That was the last thing he did to me. <laughs> the last thing he did to me. The other thing that I believe is so valuable is praying. A lot of times I would pray silently in situations where students would become violent or the situations would be like so tense. And I would actually observe the students calming down and even sometimes going unconscious or just falling asleep in the process. You know, because although they may be possessed by the demonic, the people, 
the children, whether they're adult or a child, can actually still make choices of their own separate from the demon. Sometimes it may be a challenge for them to push past the control of that particular demon, but they can. And when they have someone who is in position to influence them for good, then that can actually help them to subdue or lessen the effects or the influence of that demon power that's present, that's in that's in them. So I can't stress that enough. Pray. Prayer is so important. And when it comes to those who are operating in their authority that Jesus Christ had, the demons demonic powers must obey now i don't told you about all the settings out of being but when it comes to like outside interactions i mean because demons is basically everywhere almost everywhere jesus went he encountered some demons and he didn't cast them out all the time sometimes he was like shut up <laughs> you can read that for yourself in the Bible. Do your research. Okay, but when it comes to um, outside interactions in regular old society, out there in the communities, you just out and about, demons there. <laughs> All right. I've noticed some things that, you know, those who are possessed have in common. But let me just tell you before I get to those is that demons love messing with the younger ones and the vulnerables. And when I say vulnerables, I mean those who have um, low self-esteem, they lack confidence, maybe people deem them as not being as smart, they've been rejected, all those type of things that make them, you know, um, susceptible to being manipulated, which is what demons do. They manipulate people, all right, into doing the things that they want them to do, which are against God and making them look fool crazy, all right? So, again, they like messing with the younger ones and the vulnerables. And some of the behaviors that um, those who are demon-possessed will have in common are screaming, disrespect, obsessive infatuation, especially with children of God. Um, I don't know if you remember encountering the Bible when the disciples were out and about and there was a slave woman uh, with her masters and she just followed the disciples around, you know, pretty much she was praising God and she was praising them saying that these men are bringing you or telling you about true salvation. However, she kept following them around and like saying and saying all this good stuff. And even though it was good stuff, the disciple was annoyed and he realized this ain't a God, this a demon. And he got so annoyed, he turned around and he rebuked her and cast, cast that demon out. All right. So she was exhibiting a obsessive and infatuating behavior by following them and saying all this good stuff. And that's what a lot of times some who are demon possessed will do. They, they'll be like that. They'll be praising you, following you around, um, saying all this good stuff about you possessed by a demon and a lot of people they look at it as flattery baby that's what them demons will do 
like in them. But you got to have the discernment from God to be able to tell the difference, just like the disciple did. Yes, she was saying good stuff about the disciples. She was even praising God, saying the most high God and saying they were showing, you know, people the way of salvation. But you got to be able to, through the spirit of God, to be able to discern between the spirits, which spirit somebody is of. She was saying good stuff. It sounded a lot good. And people may say, oh, they just, they, they, they just like, like you. They just, they doing good stuff. Why, why are you doing this? Because you got to know the spirit. Now, they would have probably tried to crucify people. People today probably would have tried to crucify the disciple for him turning around and rebuking her and casting a demon out. And it was like, she was praising God. She was saying good things about you. Why you treat treat her like that or whatever? Mm-mm, baby. Everything that presents itself as good ain't good. And you got to have the discernment to know that. So like I was saying, one of the commonalities among those who are demon-possessed obsessive infatuation especially with children of God and another commonality is that they appear to have multiple personalities mainly two (laughs) mainly two one is when they directly in front of you and the other one is when they not directly in front of you but close by and the personality when they directly in front of you they'll present as being calm happy and eager to see you but if they there for a considerable amount of time because they they'll observe your reactions and how and how you acting as well then they might begin to act a little questionable or become a little semi-disrespectful or doing some little things that agitate you or taunt you because they they test you they 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 know you're a child of God don't get it don't get it twisted the demons they know but they might think you don't know your authority so they just gonna try to test it out a little bit because you know what they know what true authority can do so when they directly in front of you they might try to play it safe but if they get any hint that you have no idea that you had the authority that you have as a child of god then that questionable might start to escalate a little bit, you know, but that's when they directly in front of you and they, you know, they, they might play it safe un- unless they know that you have no idea of the authority and power that you have like Jesus had. Then you got the other person that, like I said, when they're not directly in front of you, but they close by. Okay. They not directly in front of you, but they're close by. That's when because they ain't directly in front of you, they show that full-blown erratic behavior that I mentioned before. The screaming, the disrespect, the obsessive infatuation. All right. And I mean, like, full-on drummer drag queen behavior to the moon. That's what I'm talking about. Crazy. Crazy. Just butt crazy. Okay. Now, let me point out, The reason that they get to this point is because they're not directly in front of you, which makes them feel some sense of safety, uh, protection from getting zapped on the spot. As they know the authority and power a true child of God has, which is to cast them out or torment them right then and there if they wanted to, if they were in front of them. (laughs) So... 
they 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 know the deal oh they they know the deal it's like when legion who had been doing the most running through the tombs and mountains screaming and cutting himself ran up on jesus in mark chapter 5 verse 6 bowing down and shouting what business do you have with me jesus son of the most high god i implore you by god don't torment me now they knew yeah legion legion knew the authority and power in front of them okay and when i say them because legion legion meant like a whole bunch of demons okay but that was a name legion okay so they knew the authority and power in front of them demons crazy but they ain't that crazy okay they ain't that crazy the other thing I've learned is that you can notice these by the spirit. Oh, you can you can discern whether that spirit is of God or not of God. Just like the disciple when the slave woman was following them and praising God and praising the disciples. And he got annoyed and he was like, something ain't right. And he realized she was possessed by a demon. That one, that one of God, the reason why she was praising them, yes, yeah, she was following them around. Like I said, they may become obsessively infatuated, but he was able to discern that she was possessed by a demon. So just like it says in First John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, test the spirits by the spirit to know whether they be of God. So when you are spirit filled and you're walking in the spirit, you're operating in the spirit, you'll be able to discern whether someone is demon-possessed or not. Well, what do you do when a child is possessed by a demon which is causing their sinister or dangerous behavior? Jesus demonstrated it for us and told us what to do. Cast them out if they're in them. If you want like Jesus as their name, cast them out if they're in them. Cause them some crazy nasty things. Jesus said in Mark 16, 17, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Therefore, if Jesus said that these are signs that will follow those who believe, then it must mean that we're able to do these things even now. That is, if you believe. And well, like I said before, a whole bunch of y'all don't. So just like Jesus told the disciples in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, when they asked him off the record why they couldn't cast the demon out the man's son, because of your meager faith. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. I'm telling y'all, nothing else is going to work. Anything else is temporary, even if it does work somewhat. You'll have to keep doing it over and over again because, well, demons crazy like that. Benadryl, Dr. Phil, jail, chains, butt whippings, ain't nothing to them because they're spirits. The person 
The child you see before you is just their host or chosen costume for the time being. You got to deal with the demon or demons in the person, in the child. Just like the man possessed by Legion in Mark 6, who they used to put chains on and nobody could subdue him because he was too strong. None of those things brought a complete halt to his outrageous behavior. It wasn't until true authority, Jesus Christ, literally stepped on the scene and cast them out that that mess came to a screeching halt and the man was finally clothed and in his right mind so like jesus said you can do it his way his way in mark 16 17 unto those who believe in his name do it his way his way just tell them go and they can say no oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so to answer the question can children be possessed by demons heck yeah however if you are a child of god walking in the authority of christ jesus that don't make you none because you like jesus you can cast them things out but don't just take my word for it i encourage you to do your own study pray and read the bible so you can know that you know that you know if you haven't accepted jesus christ as your lord and savior in order to receive eternal salvation but would like to according to romans chapter 10 verse 9 all you have to do is confess with your mouth jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead and you will be saved want a little help with that Repeat this simple prayer after me. Lord God, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again so that I may have eternal life in you. So I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. It's as simple as that. Now you're part of the family of God. Wherever you are, find a local church or a group of believers that can help and support you on your new journey in your new life in Christ Jesus. Many blessings to you as you walk in who God created you to be, doing what he blessed and equipped you to do. You are God's child. Want to bless or show support for God, the Bible, and spiritual things explained? Well, you're welcome to send a financial gift to Cash App using cash tag G. T-B-S-T-E. You're also invited to pick up a little inspired merch from our store at zazzle.com forward slash store forward slash G-T-B-S-T-E. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with other listeners. Thank you in advance and God bless you as he blesses those who bless his children. Catch you another time, another day, another episode for God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained.